0: Podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network.
1: I'm Franny Benali, and you're listening to In That Number.
2: Then they lift one over the top for Danny Ings.
1: He's in the box. Oh, onto his left foot, brilliant! Oh, it's a! (laughs)
0: for checking out In That Number with me, Kevin the Moscow Mush Milverton and Ray Hunt Find me on Twitter at Moscow Mush and my co-host Ray Hunt at Ray Hunt 84 Follow the show at Number Podcasts on Twitter In That Number Podcasts on Instagram and Facebook. If you've got any questions for the show, if you need be bothered, send us an email to podcast at gmail.com. Leave us a five star review on iTunes or wherever it is you get your podcasts. Share, subscribe and give us good vibes. Let's go!
1: Welcome to another episode of In That Number, episode 85, Palace in Wonderland. We have football back, and once again we have a game to talk about as we opened our account for the 2020-2021 season at Selhurst Park. A typical opening day slump, which saw us go 1-0 down to Crystal Palace. Uh, we'll get into that shortly, uh, but joining us today to chat through the game and preview our upcoming fixtures at home... You know, second-round Carabao Cup tie against Brentford and a visit of Pierre-Emeroyberg and Tottenham Hotspur. We have new regular Tim Bysance, But we can't have an episode without the one and only Moscow Mush, Kevin Milverton. Mush, how are you? Yeah, I'm grand. Really? Cock jockey. Ah, oh, gee, thank you. <laughs> Our team gets beat and I get called a cock jockey as well. Lovely starts of the weekend. Thank you. Yeah, um, are you glad we're back? Um, yes and no. Um, <laughs> yeah,
0: and no, I'm glad that... Um, I mean, we've never been not back ever. We've been continuing pretty much nonstop. Uh Football, that's back, yes. Um, opening day, always just a depressing occasion for Saints fans, isn't it?
1: Yeah, I don't quite know why.
0: No, It's just, I don't know, psychological thing, coincidence. Just, you know, sort of club we are. Yeah. Wrong kind of team in Palace, maybe. But, yeah, on the whole, I think, you know, gearing us up for a... Hopefully, what's going to be a slightly more comfortable and mm. less exhausting season.
1: Oh, God. Yeah, we yes, need that. Yeah, don't panic, Saints fans. Do not panic. There's plenty of time. Mm-hmm. Um, shall we start with the news, then, Kevin? Mm. <laughs> this
0: Is ITN in that number news?
1: Okay, Kev, we'll we'll start the ITN news then with the main talking point over the last week the the takeover. US billionaire Joseph de Grossa, former owner of Bordeaux, apparently involved in the Newcastle takeover last year. You know, it seems like he really does want to throw his money around in the Premier League. Yeah. Um Although
0: that Newcastle takeover came to nothing, didn't it?
1: yeah well it's dealing with, you're dealing with Mike Ashley
0: <laughs> Jesus yeah well here we're dealing with um the the elusive character of uh, Gao Shang, but I think it's a different situation really because um yeah Mike Ashley's a, he's a, t- a tough customer isn't he but um gao's clearly looking to sell up with um, relations between China and the West being a bit fractured, and him possibly facing uh, problems with his investment at home. So, yeah, it's come at the right time, maybe. Yeah. The same time that the Premier League has had a broadcasting deal in China cancelled. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it was worth about half a billion pounds over three years. So, we a missing, you know, a couple of hundred million uh, a year. So, I mean, that's going to be another dent in uh, finances for this season, on top of the lack of gate receipts and... Um, mm. Yeah, other problems from players going out being worthless and that sort of thing. So it's going to be it's going to be tough financially.
1: Yeah, the next couple of years are going to be a bit of a bumpy road, I think, isn't it?
0: Yeah, but I mean, it's so, not know, on the business one. With crisis comes opportunity, so I mean, maybe that's what the idea is. Like, yeah, get it, get in cheap.
1: Talking about on the on the field reports now. Uh, as I say, you know, yesterday we we stuttered in our opening fixture, but the B team did not, however, and you know, they opened up their account with a two-one win away at Arsenal. Went one 0 down and then come to take all three points with goals from Sims and Chalk. Uh, Slattery, captain at the side, however, Kane Ramsey did pick up a red card. Yeah, kind of it's a great start one. to the season. Well, for um, them, yeah. <laughs> well, for them, yeah. I mean, they, 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 it was the
0: same team that, that lost to, to Woking the previous week, so um, yeah. <laughs> definitely yeah. moving up.
1: Uh, Kevin, any more news from you? Um, no, just uh, hop onto the transfer roundabout. <laughs> the transfer roundabout. Um, last week, we reported news regarding Wesley Hoot moving to Anderlecht on loan, but that seems to have disappeared, really. Uh, and new reports that Club Bruges are interested. Saints are asking for around $7, seven million. Uh, But, you know, not be, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> not, not many teams are likely to be paying that. Um, all Belgian clubs that have been linked with him have said the same thing. So that the loan move is most likely but you know if it doesn't happen then it, we might have to release him. Big loss, big loss on him. Uh, I think the thing that's holding everything up is this, we're asking for a firm option to buy after the loan um, and that's yeah as I say the, the Belgian teams are not willing to do that um, but you know, he's not been given that squad number, doesn't appear to be in Ralph's plans, we knew that last season he's kind of in limbo, just a you know, a terrific fall from grace for him. Um, but yeah, uh, yeah. It's but then, then there's a solution that could be in the offing because um, our club rugby striker Emmanuel Dennis uh, could be included in the deal, and that one not millions off the price because he's been valued at around 25 million quid. So if they throw in who in that as well to sweeten the deal,
0: do we really need another 20 million plus striker in the team?
1: No, but we do need to get rid of who. And we never really reported on the rumours of Bufal being on the move.
0: No, I don't think it was really as evident as it was at the weekend that he was possibly moving, not moving on.
1: Yeah, that's sad, really, because I mean, we could let him go for as little as €4 million. Euros.
0: What? That's I'd rather yeah, keep him for that money.
1: I would, I would too. But my worry is that the fact that they, are they going to just start panic buying? and Because there's a lot of fan pressure to sign the midfielder, isn't there? And if the board are saying to Ralph, well, you can't bring in a midfielder until we let, you know, the likes of who, the likes of uh, Bouffal leave so we can bring some players in. But then they're going to have to let him go on a cheap to do that. And I just, yeah, I just think it could be a disaster if they do start doing things like this, because we're not that sort of club.
0: Nah, it's kind of cutting your nose to spite your face. But, I mean, Bufal does have a place in the team. I mean, you know, he, he could have done a job yesterday, couldn't he? Um, oh, yeah. And, yeah, it's it's weird that you, you know, you say that and it's absolutely right that maybe we can't bring new players in until we've got rid of some of the dead wood. But how is part exchanging Wesley Hoot for a young striker worth 20 million plus part of that solution? That doesn't sort of add up to me.
1: No, like I said, rumours. Gathering all these these terrible rumours together in one place, that's what we do.
0: (laughs) Oh, if that's what we're doing, I've got a few more. Um, oh, I bet you do. Yeah, uh, 24-year-old French midfielder Olivier Incham, uh from Celtic.
1: I've heard that quite a few times.
0: Repeatedly, yeah. Mm. It's one of those ones that's not going to go away. Arsenal striker following... Aubameyang.
1: Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's why he's not
0: signing a new contract. He's holding <laughs> out <laughs> for a move to St. Mary's. <laughs> uh, I mean, I hadn't, I, I hadn't really heard of him, but apparently, um, yeah, he could be on the move. Southampton I doubt that one. Hamza Chowdhury from Leicester. Yeah, I've heard that. Maybe, but yeah, I, I don't see any of these happening at all. They seem, seem more grounded in fantasy than anything else. But that's never stopped us from talking about them, has it? No.
1: We really should we really shouldn't do it. But Wow, I think it's the international roundup now.
0: Yeah, let's round them up. <laughs> okay, so for my first international roundup of the season, I'm gonna start in this. In chronological order, so starting on Thursday, September the 3rd, when Shane Long, he came on for the final 13 minutes of Ireland's 1-1 draw in Bulgaria. Yeah, they just managed to snatch a, a draw at the death uh, in Group B4 of the Nations League. And Then the following day, Friday, September 4th, Armstrong, uh, he played only in the final 11 minutes of Scotland's 1-1 draw with Israel in Glasgow uh, on the same night, Bednarik. Played a full 90 minutes for Poland in Holland. And, yeah, he picked up a booking in their 1-0 loss. And that was, yeah, thanks to a Stephen Bergwijn goal. Saturday, September 5th, we all remember it clearly. Danny Ings <laughs> and James ward prowse featuring in that England team against Iceland. What a game uh, with, it was. Yeah, James ward prowse playing the full 90 minutes of England's thrilling encounter with Iceland. Uh, Ings coming on 68th minute. But yeah, being down to ten men definitely didn't help Ing's chances there. He didn't didn't really have a chance to, to show himself. But I thought that um that, that Jimmy was good.
1: Yeah, he was good scuffing at that spot.
0: Yes, yeah, yeah. I just so I've got a tweet here. I didn't didn't write down whose it was, so yeah, sorry if um if you listening. But yeah, James Ward Paris for for England, ninety minutes, ninety two percent fasting accuracy, two tackles made. And one penalty spot tampered with. (laughs) I mean, it was a weird match, wasn't it? Absolutely fuck all happening for about 70 minutes. And then, yeah, red cards and penalties all over the place. Uh, But, yeah, the same evening a little bit later, um, Denmark, they lost 2-0 at home to Belgium, but Vestergaard did not feature there. On Sunday, Long Mm -hmm. was left on the bench also for Ireland's. 1-0 loss at home to Finland On Monday the 7th Armstrong got a start for Scotland Against the Czech Republic Um, He picked up uh, yellow in the second half uh, But he was subbed off in the 80th minute As the Tottenham defeated the Czechs To go top of Group B2 Well
1: done Scotland Uh, Armstrong picked up an injury in that game as well
0: Yes, and yeah, Bednarik um, Picked up another early booking Against Bosnia Uh, Yeah, He was at the centre of that 2-1 win uh, which puts them second in Group A1. And uh, finally, on Tuesday, September the 8th, Ings, Wapress, and Rasmussen uh, all watched on as uh, they tried to battle falling asleep uh, whilst watching <laughs> the 0-0 dull fest in Copenhagen. One one injury I did hear about though was um, there was Danny Ings actually. He apparently uh, collided with Kyrian Trippier in uh, in training. I mean, Jesus, if you thought that the Iceland match was dull, fuck me. <laughs> that Denmark match, I, yeah, I, 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 could, I just couldn't take it. I, I watched France play Croatia instead. That was much more interesting.
1: Okay, Kev, thanks for, the, thanks for the roundup. You're welcome. Right, I think we need to get into the game from yesterday. And we welcome our newest member of the team, Tim Bysance, off to okay. Crystal Palace. <laughs> okay, then, on to the Palace game and joining us to help us break down is our new season regular, Tim BySance. Tim, welcome back to the pod. Good to have you on board.
2: Thank you very much. It's good to be here. Really? Even awesome. after yesterday? <laughs> All right. Well, it's good to be with you guys. Um, uh, it's, it's, not, it's not good to be a Saints fan after yesterday's loss.
1: Um, but yeah, how have you been anyway?
2: Uh, Last two weeks were probably some of the hardest and most uh, crazy week, uh, two weeks of work I've had since, and since COVID happened. And, but the last three days have been fantastic. Got to see my friends and uh, take it easy. So things are, doing, things are doing pretty well here. Nice. Until, of course, yesterday. Of course, yes.
1: Yeah, coming into this one, then, off the back of that fabulous form last season, you know, post-lockdown, hunger and belief, well, most of us did anyway. Um, safe in the knowledge that we were playing a struggling palace side with an injury crisis. At a ground where we know how to win. We've won our last three previous visits there at Sellers Park. Without conceding a single goal, um, and Saints have never won four in a row, and that record would stay as we went down one-nil to Crystal Palace, a goal from Wilf Zaha after just 13 minutes. I'll go through the 11 with you guys, and you can tell me what you think. So we had McCarthy and Kai Walker-Peters, Stevens, Bednarik, Bertrand at the back, and then in the middle, Smallbone, James Ward-Prowse, Romelu, Redmond, Ings and Adams up front. A bench of Forster, Gineppo, Vokings, Teller, Vestergaard, Long and Oberfemi. Kevin, Mush, I'll start with you. Well, I guess you could say there was it was 11 without too many surprises. The only question was that of Smallbone instead of Gineppo.
0: Yeah, I mean, obviously with Armstrong out, someone's got to fill the gap. And he seems to have more faith in Smallbone. I think and another surprise is that Bufar's been left out. But mm. I guess, yeah, that must fuel the... Transfer speculations that uh, we love to dwell upon.
1: <laughs> but other than that, you're happy with it, Kev?
0: Other than that, I think that's the expected best 11. Uh, like we said at the end of last season, the num- new, new squad numbers indicate his first choice 11. And yes yeah, Smallbone is the only real exception to that.
1: And Nathan Teller on the bench as well. I mean, Maybe Bufal was just a situation like like new new boy Salisu who's just not match fit. Do you think that could have been a case for Buffao?
0: Quite possibly. Yeah. I mean, we don't know, really know what he's been up to in the off season. And, you know, there there was a player that had COVID, so I don't know if he was one of them, but he did feature in the preseason friendlies, so I don't think it was him.
1: Tim, are you happy with the 11? Was there, uh, what what were your initial thoughts?
2: That was 100% expected since uh, Armstrong was out. I figured Smallbone was going to be in, or, um, I guess it would have been Smallbone or Gineppo, and that was pretty much expected. Now, uh, anybody who was watching it in he was watching in the states on NBC Sports? They always listed as a four-four-two, and they put James Ward-Prowse on the right. Now that surprised me because that's that's actually where Smallbone was the backup for all of last year. So he, and it seemed to be when I was watching it, uh, the majority of the game, uh, Smallbone was on the far right side comparatively to um, JWP, who was in the center. Um, yeah. But overall, that's I. Didn't expect any changes. Nothing. Nothing of the fact surprised me.
1: Yeah, I mean, I saw I saw the 4-4-2 lineup. Both teams actually went 4-4-2, and, I, and uh, you know the graphic that I saw, it had it had Smallbone out wide, wide right, and James will Wilprowes in the middle with Romeo. But I was expecting Smallbone to come in the middle, and you know Kyle Walker Peters to to run that right side, and that's pretty much what we saw, because. You know, it's difficult to see, you know, with with no natural winger, how they were going to line up or set up. But initially, it was just that, you know, that flat 4-4-2. But keeping a close eye on on Kyle Walker-Peters, whether he was going to take the load off of Will Smallbone, and that looked to be the case. The game then, when we started, we started out doing what we do best, really, didn't we? We had all the ball, all the pressing, and this is what I meant last week, Mush, when I said it was going to be, you know, comfortable.
0: Um, It did look that way from the start, didn't it? But they, they seem to have found a weakness. I mean, you said that, yeah, Smallbone sort of uh, playing a bit more in the centre and Bookby has taken control over the whole of that right wing and that left us quite exposed and, um, yeah, Zaha seized an opportunity quite early
1: on. Yeah, we're certainly not good enough to have three at the back, are we? Um, yeah, and you say the goal. Tim,
2: what happened there? So, KWP was caught way up high. And well, I guess so. That was the, that was the reason he dropped back. He wasn't there in defense. But Romeo threw a, a, a ball through the center. Um, I forget who it was to ex- exactly. Redmond. Um, was um, Re- yeah, it was to Redmond. Yeah. To, Red, to Redmond, and then they they popped in, uh, deflected it, and hit hit him on the counter. Uh, Kyle Walker Peters was way too far up upfield. If Romeo's actual correct place. Uh, Thing he should have done was he could cross field because uh, KWP at the time was open and ready to go. And he would have been—he was actually fairly well upfield. So we got caught on the counter after a what would be a tradition a simple mistake. But it was actually a good play on the Palace guy, and shit, that was it.
1: Yeah, yeah, Kev, and I thought I thought maybe complacency, I guess, because we had a lot of the lot of the possession at that point. You know, the first 13 minutes of the game, and maybe they just, you know because well, Palace didn't show any endeavour prior to that goal. And Romeo was, ugh, I guess, you know, slow on the ball, just, well, you know, Palace haven't, haven't offered us anything. We'll try and slow the tempo down a little bit. Lacking match fitness as well, because I think if Romeo was 100% match fit, oh, I mean, he's not going to be able to keep up with Townsend, let's face it anyway. But, I mean, yeah, more more tempo in, into the play would have probably stopped that. Game. Yeah, definitely. I
0: think that, that it happened uh, a moment of... Zero inspiration. Um, We we, we did have a couple of chances, I mean, with the Stevens header um, in in the first few minutes. But I think from the moment McCarthy steals the ball, um, I mean, they were just passing it around, going, I don't know what to do. Um, Yeah, yeah, maybe, maybe we are lacking high... Hoiberg uh, for an inspired uh, backward pass. Um, <laughs> at least he wouldn't have uh, let McCarthy steal it. But I mean, <laughs> the, they just had a free run, you know. Um, Townsend to, can just charge down that right wing, send it straight across the, the goal. Zaha's got pretty much about a quarter of the pitch to himself, and he can just um, choose where he wants to put it. And so it was a fucking good shot.
1: Well, It was good, yeah, and I, I think we, we do have to give Palace a little bit of credit here because well Hodgson hmm. in particular because you he, he know Saints will see a lot of the ball and you know if if they can keep if Palace can keep their shape Saints just don't have enough quality to break teams down especially this early on um you know they can wait for the errors and then they can attack the weaknesses and they did just that and and it's yeah. it still needed a good cross though and, and Townsend got it found the open Zaha at the back stick as you say and, and, and it turns out to be the game winner but Incidentally, that's um, Zaha's 50th league goal as well. Um, qu- question marks on McCarthy there, do you think, his position? Yeah, yeah I mean,
0: the Jack fucking Stevens as well. He's like almost, almost gets a leg to It's just a fraction of a second too late. Um, he could have probably cleared it. And yeah, McCarthy was was kind of slow to react as well.
1: He but. was. I mean, I, I haven't heard anybody criticise. I mean, a lot of people have said, oh, the keeper could, could have done nothing about it, but I, I actually think he maybe could have done. He would moved across his goal a little bit quicker because he went down with his foot.
0: Yeah, I mean, it was just right past him, wasn't it? He didn't have to move too much.
2: At the 43-minute mark, they announced they had 71% possession. So yeah, having right. that being high, that's, I mean, that's, we look good. Like, it, you, looked, you look good, except for that, I guess, obviously getting broken on the counter there. And to go back to the, the goal, uh, if you guys don't know, I'm a keeper by trade. So seeing that, uh, going cross field, he was, in a, he was in an all right position, if depending on how um yeah, depending on how Stevens were I have to look at an alternate angle, but he should have maybe been a step out uh closer towards it and been a little bit more uh have a little just a little quicker reaction just because uh he was a little slow to it. I think he got caught mm. off guard after um the cross hit he was expecting Stevens to, to get a touch on it, which you are correct on that.
1: Yeah, and Tim just brought up there the possession stats at half time, Kev. What <laughs> You're looking at all that possession and, and nothing to do with it, what would have Ralph said to him at half time? I don't know, you've got the ball sticking in the back of the net. I mean nothing nothing really changed
0: for the second half. I, think, but I mean I wasn't even panicking.
1: I was not panicking at all at this point. I thought, yeah, no, it's No. I'm not bothered about Palace to be honest, they got nothing. I mean we can come back
0: into the second half. I mean I'm glad we kind of got to half time and it was only one nil. It would have been disaster if we'd been more than one 0 down. But yeah, we came out in the second half looking quite bright and I was quite optimistic okay you've yeah, we've got, we've got the time and, and the talent to turn it around but
1: sure yeah, and not. and ralph made that change at, at the break strange one vestergaard for Bednarek. Mm. apparently tim it wasn't an injury it wasn't a knock it was just tactical yeah
2: and seeing that so there's a concept i don't know if you guys ever heard of it but if you ever heard of the stopper and sweeper for center backs where one oh, yeah. will actually sit in front of the other the stopper sits in front of the sweeper I truly think that he wanted to see Stevens get a little bit more upfield, and that's because of either Juan Romeo or just the need to continually push it. And Vestergaard's one of his underrated qualities is he has pretty darn good distribution when it comes to balls out of there. So as long as he's not getting beat, he's he's pretty good. Uh, that's why he's at the level he's at today. But yeah, I was completely surprised. I really thought that was an in- i I pretty much thought it was an injury, but it wasn't. And it was a decent idea. There was no mistakes overall that um, that we saw from from the situation. And I saw Stevens push up as what was the um, that was the trigger behind it in seeing that.
1: Interesting, you should say that actually, because we were having a discussion. I can't remember what, what chat room I was discussing this about, but during the off season, and I said, no, I didn't. Somebody said that Stevens could be a better player if he was a midfielder in yeah, that defensive midfield role, kind of like an Eric Dyer kind of mould somebody that would, uh, you know, he can play centre-back and also play defensive midfielder. So, maybe, maybe there's, a, there's an option there.
0: He could be. I mean, we talked about this problem that we liked um, Stevens as a player, and a lot of people were saying that he shouldn't be a centre-back, you know, he should be a more of a defensive midfielder because, yeah, his distribution's better and everything like that. But, um, Ralph's Seems quite set on this 4-2-2-2 formation, and that doesn't really give much space for a defensive midfielder.
1: Um, but, Ke- Kevin, it was around about this time, actually, that I was thinking, oh, shit, Mush has predicted a 1-1 score. <laughs> I thought, he's yeah. going to get five points here, and I'm going to end up on well, not. Because I was, as I say, I wasn't panicking. I was that, you know, that, that's the first thing that comes to my mind. Not the Saints going to pick up a point. Kev's going to pick up five.
0: <laughs> that's what bothered you more, right? That <laughs> I'd get off to a good start. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and we had a number of chances. I, I, I was, like, right up until the last, you know, 10 or 15 minutes, I was thinking, yeah, it looks like the most likely score, doesn't
1: it? Yeah, and, and Tim, we had a we had a chance in the second half with, with Redmond. Probably should have done better with that effort. He
2: was really good, and Giada is, he's, he's a really good keeper. I so. think he's very good, yeah. Yeah, I think there's a couple different chances where really well the Adams hit as well. Uh, that was the one that I I was thinking of off the top of my head, but he was...
1: Hmm. Point blank. Yeah, that was a... a, Yeah, anywhere else that would have gone in, but yeah. Now then, chaps, (laughs) VAR to the rescue. Uh This tackle, right? I'm convinced Jonathan Moss has given this a red card because of the scream from Tyreek Mitchell. Um, Firstly, it was a ridiculous decision. Um, Yes, he's seen the studs, but he's heard that scream, and he's made... You know, he's thinking, oh, that's, that's a red card. Um, but, but VAR is doing exactly what it's there to do, remove those mistakes. So the ref, and only the, the ref, needs to look at the, his, his error and make the decision again. And I thought that was perfect. That's exactly what it needs to be used for. I didn't realise
0: that football was an audio format. <laughs> um,
1: <laughs>
0: yeah, I suppose the lack of the crowd means that you, you hear yeah. it a lot more clearly. And he's he's made that decision. And um, yeah, it, I didn't really understand why it given um, a red. It's, it was a, it was a silly challenge, but it wasn't it wasn't well, heavy. It wasn't harsh.
1: How did you say that he was pulling out of it. I don't think it was even a yellow, if I'm honest. I, 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 my my broadcast would have been different to you guys, I'm sure. But I was watching on BT Sport over in the UK, and they have well quote unquote expert ex ref in the studio, and they had Dermot Gallagher. Now he's immediately backed up Jonathan Moss's decision because. That is what they do. They're too afraid to go against the on-field official. And he has had the hindsight of looking back at it again. There was no thought. He just went straight away and said, yeah, yeah, that's a red card. He's gone in with his studs. He's late. And then Jonathan Moss has looked at it again on the VAR and decided it was the wrong decision, and, and obviously he's changed it. And all Gallagher could say at that point was that, wow, I mean, I could see why it was given. What is the point of having those, those officials in the studio if they're just going to back up the, the on-field official? It's, it's pointless. It just they will not go against what it is because to me, that was not a red card, that wasn't even a yellow card. I don't think,
0: yeah. I think you can make the same argument for Jamie Carragher being in the studio uh, as, <laughs> as well, being a, a commentator. Why have him in the studio if you're just gonna um, side with Liverpool and everything?
1: Yeah, yeah. And Tim, what did you think about this red card/slash yellow card?
2: The second that I saw, well, I understand why he gave it because you know, you, you get a boot up and he thought that the studs were probably showing up. Which would be which which led to the scream and which led to the situation which led to the red card obviously. Though. But when it's set, the second that he went to the 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 screen, I thought he's gonna switch it to a yellow. He can't get this as a red. And it was Barr was done right, and I was happy with it. I actually yeah. think that's a promising. It shows promise going forward into the entire season, regardless if it's our season or the entire EPL. Mm. That's uh, I think it's it's a good thing. He was able to correct that and see that because that's what's really necessary, and um, it was necessary. And yeah, it took a little bit of time to do it, but I, it was overall it was the right call for to, to the verge to of the game. Yeah, this
0: is the kind of way I envisioned VAR to be. You know, just like, like the NFL, assist, just like the NFL, assisting. Well, I don't watch the NFL, but <laughs> assisting the referees, so giving him all the information that he needs to make um, a good and balanced decision.
1: Yeah, but Mush, do you think that? Jonathan Moss has the balls to turn a red card into a free kick and not just a yellow card, but just to say, oh, actually, no, do you know what? He's not even touched him there. (laughs) No, Uh, he would not. He would not. One step at a time. Yeah, he would have to just say, yeah, sorry, that's a yellow. Um, uh, Well done to Craig Pawson, by the way, for telling Jonathan Moss to actually conduct an on-field investigation into that because, yeah, that saved us. So, yeah, well done there. And as as Tim brought up, as well, that Adams point-blank volley um, and the the save from Guaita. uh, Yeah. Brilliant. Wow. Zaha. Had the ball in the net a second time, only to be saved again by VAR, just about power offside, but lucky, lucky escape. Defence was leggy, and it was 80 minute, 81 minutes in at that point, but they were done. You know, Zaha
0: really wanted to score another goal. He had that one in the stoppage time as well, that he just managed to shoot wide into the side net and But yeah, I, I don't know. They, 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 they seem to look stronger with the chances they had than, than we did.
1: Yeah, that's true. That is very true. They, they, they didn't create and had a lot of the ball, but whenever they did, they uh, made the best chances of the game. Mm-hmm. Ralph made some subs, but did he make them too late, do you feel? Yes. <laughs> so, Gineppo and Long coming on with 13 and 5 minutes, respectively.
2: Uh, I think in your Discord group, I was kind of shouting left and right, seeing that they <sighs> needed to get, I don't know if you remember that, but I was like, they need to get them on. And so I was yeah. thinking more like around the 65-minute the mark. Um, was would have been appropriate for Gineppo, and I would have taken Romeo out and brought in Obafemi or Long, in the purpose of going to a four-two-four and how they threw how they threw caution to the wind against how they did it with Manchester United, where they just like said screw it, we're just going to throw on as many attacking players. He's got to do that. Though, that that was, by the way. <laughs> it did, and it did. Like that's that's also that was I guess that's. I was imagining that would what would have been like. But for us, Gineppo needed to come in for Smallbone. Smallbone was able to good control. He's got the presence, you know, back and um going forward, going backwards. But Gineppo's got the creativity and that's exactly what we were lacking the entire game. Was the creativity in the in the final third and getting after getting caught out a few times and that was uh, we just need to make those subs earlier. That's
0: yeah, great. I don't know. Maybe I'm missing something. but I thought Smallbone was the, was the weak link there. And if he'd have come off a bit earlier, then we might have had a, a bit more chance to make something of it.
1: Yeah, I, I agree with you, Mesh. I, yeah, I, I think both wingers, if you can call them that, were uh, invisible, really. Apart from that, that point-blank shot that Redmond should have done better with, I didn't really see an awful lot out of him. Um, but then again, I it's think Smallbone... Okay. I think smallbane was set, was set up to fail, really, because he's not that natural right-sided player. Mm-hmm. might have been a bit too soon for him anyway, but yeah. Uh, and then, of course, Ings had that, that effort at the end, that key, that header, but yeah, another oh good God. save.
0: Yeah, incredible. Um,
1: a question for you guys. If Gineppo had started this game, would we have seen a different outcome? Because, I mean, the shape would have changed, right? We would have had a natural hmm. winger and someone with a bit of flair and a bit of energy. So, I mean, I think maybe we could have picked up a point that's yeah, quite difficult possibly. to
2: say. Yeah, I'm, th- I'm, I'm trying to think. But, yes, they wanted uh, Walker-Peters to do overlaps on the right with uh, with woodbrouse or Smallbone. And they saw that, and that was a part of their plan, as you could tell, because during the goal, uh, he was, uh, Kyle Walker-Peters was so far upfield that the idea is to push those fullbacks up. With Gennepo though, he's naturally going forward, but going you would have to have your uh, your right back or your left back, whatever side he's playing on, sit back a little farther. And he was really they were really looking for those overlaps of Bertrand and KWP. But overall, I think Gineppo's flair would have added a at least one goal between either just not necessarily him, but the break of play and being able to uh, get something more creative on the field would open up other opportunities and. Yeah, definitely uh, could have made a difference.
0: Oh, I'm going to come up with a controversial opinion. I don't think Romeo was that bad.
1: Okay, I, I think he was. Um, <laughs> I, I sh- no, I just this is the point about our, you know being a midfielder light. I feel I, I, I'm just not comfortable having him as a starting role. He, he, I'm not saying he hasn't got a place in this team because he does, but I just don't think he's good enough to do what we're asking him to do. He's he's very slow on the ball. The te- the tempo just. It just slows whenever he touches, and he changes the, you know, the direction that it's going immediately.
0: Although that pass upfield at the last minute to uh, Kyle Walker-Peters for the Ings header um, was something else, so I mean, he wants to hit it back from a kilometre away or something.
1: Yeah, like I said before, I'm not saying he hasn't got a place in this team, because I, I do believe he hasn't. Towards the end of last season, he, he was playing a little bit better, and they, the speed was there, but hey, maybe it's just a you know m- lack of match fitness. It's, he's just not quite there yet. We'll, we'll see something different, yeah. Um, but to summarise, uh, there was just no urgency, there was no no creativity, there was no cutting edge, no fucking clue really. It was just like they I mean, Palace are going for their own injury crisis, and they can still you know manage all three points against us. That's that that's a blueprint, I think, to beat us, isn't it? It's, that's how you that's how you beat us. You just keep your shape, you get men behind the ball, you frustrate. And Saints just can't unlock, and they just, you know, you take them out on the count on the counter. Well,
2: that's the difference between being a mid-table team and being a team pushing for Europa is oh, for to sure. beat teams like Palace and to beat them and to be comfortable doing it. This show, this showed there was comfort, but they just there's there's something missing, and it's the it's the lack of creativity going forward, and that's uh, whether it be with the center mid with Romeo getting with the new signing or. Uh, somewhere else, we just, there's that missing flair that was needed going forward, and uh, I hope that's uh, going to come as a change here, in, either in the transfer window or in, in some adjustments that Ralph will make. Yeah.
1: Well, I mean, I'm guessing, Kev that Spurs are not going to set up like this against us. They're going to set up to go for us, which might, you know, help us out. Yeah,
2: we always do better
0: against those kind of teams rather than the the palaces and the Burnleys of, of the league.
1: That's it. Yeah. Um, just looking at a few stats in this game as well, like 71% possession a criminal, isn't it? It tells you, it tells you everything. You know, we can't create against these teams, and you know, the, the ones that shut you down, it, it's poor. It's just, it's just a shit show to watch as well. It's just diabolical. Um, five shots on target to their three. Uh, the passing accuracy of 79% to their 51%. Yeah, you know, if you if you're Hodgson, you're rubbing your hands together and you're just saying that you know I love it when a plan comes together because it has worked out for them. Um, okay, so man of the match then, guys. Interesting. Who wants to go first?
2: Like I can't find anyone. I can't. I, there's nobody that stood out. There's nobody that said that did one thing over uh, that was better than another. And I don't know. Like I just I I'm I'm struggling, I guess. So welcome, Kyle Walker Peters. Thanks for, thanks for joining the team. You're the man of the match now.
1: Okay. Uh, I'm glad you said that because he's mine as well. Um, but, yeah, it's a sad state of affairs because, you, you know, you're trying to pick a man of the match just the best of a shit bunch. I think everybody had, like, six out of ten, uh, apart from, like, Smallbane and Romeo, in my opinion. Sorry, Kev. Um, we're a little bit lower. Um, Adams was a candidate, though, because I don't think he necessarily did anything wrong. He just didn't have, he just couldn't, didn't have anything to feed off of. Um, and I thought rings. We, well, yeah, or, or rings. Yeah. And I thought if we were going to score, it was going to be, you know, one of them two that do it. Um, but Adams looks a little bit more comfortable this season as well. But I, I will give it to Kai Walker-Peters because, what, worry, I mean, I'm going to give you some stats, but because he had more touches than anyone, that's worrying. Um, his press was most effective. I mean, he led the team in tackles and interceptions, um, and he was second in passes and passes completed. Um, I would have liked to have seen him, you know, whip a, a cross or two in for good measure, but because of that, his, his XA was well down. But, I mean do you know, v- Vestergaard led that stat exactly, so, which, which was that's, that's worrying, um, and he didn't have a bad game as well by the way, uh, but yeah, I'm going to go Kyle walker peters
0: Kevin um, okay I was in the same quandary as Tim was that, you know, looking at performance nobody really stood out as having a really good game and the only way I could draw a line that there would be one player was to say that there's one player who kept a clean sheet in the defence, and that's Yannick Vestergaard. <laughs> that's,
1: that's a good way to do it. Yeah, I
0: mean, no, but he he came on and he did look good. You know he was doing what he was brought on to do. It's just in the final third, uh, our guys weren't doing what they were supposed to do. So yeah, I think Vestergaard comes out of it looking. Looking quite good. I mean, if, the, if there is an inj- injury there, um, I, I, I think I'd be happy with taking a second look at him.
1: Right, OK, so next week we go to Brentford in the Carabao Cup's second round. Uh, that's Wednesday, the 16th of September, uh, 7.45 kickoff. Fellas, yeah, how do we see this one? Are we going to be taking this competition seriously? I mean, are we treating it like a match for French players? And, you know, what, what sort of 11... Can we expect?
2: Well, it's going to be the it's going to be a four two two two. He wants he wants to set up all the way from uh, from obviously from the first team all the way down to the the, the academy level. Uh, he, there'll be some rotation in it, um, but Ward Prowse is probably going to start since he is normally uh, he's, he's playing every game. Once, but I think you'll see some rotation with Boken. You'll see Valerie. Uh, you'll probably see Foster play, and then. Obafemi Long uh, will probably will be in as well. Um, maybe we'll probably keep on Redmond. Maybe play Janepo as well. Just a few. There'll be some rotation. Probably somewhere between uh, three and five players. Looking at a similar squad um, with
0: with Valerie Vokins. Yeah, Fosterink. Go would definitely. Um, no reason why you shouldn't. And Long Obafemi up front. I think. We'll see now whether um, Salisu's up to match fitness or not. Because I mean, this is the sort of game that you should be playing, then, right?
1: Yeah, love it. Yeah, hopefully.
0: Maybe maybe the likes of um, Smallbone or Slattery in midfield.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's quite quite possibly. And then Brentford. I mean, <sighs> wh- where do we start with with Brentford really? Because I mean, as we're all aware, Brentford missed out of place in the Premier League by a slender goal in extra time in the Championship final against Fulham. Um, not they're no slouches, are they? They're a good side mm-hmm. and. Without a doubt, I think the Premier League will be in their reach again. You know, that, that will be the top priority for them. That's good news, I suppose, because I mean, maybe they might make some changes. But they've got a great coach there. That Tom, Thomas Frank is good. I was gutted when they didn't, when they didn't make it because I really wanted them to do it. Um, they, they tend to go for this variation of a 4-3-3 three, three, and essentially are a possession-based side. And they have been a handful up front with that BMW line. But to say, Ollie Watkins has gone now to, to Aston Villa. Um, Mm -hmm. So, you know, that that front line is being ripped apart at the moment. So, you know, who knows what they're going to be able to do. But they could uh, opt out to leave their stars for this one. But um, whatever eleven we field, it's going to be a tough matchup anyway. But um, we start predictions then. Kevin, I'll start with you.
0: Oh, shit. Um, There's going to be goals, aren't there? Um, I I think they are the kind of team that um, we we should be able to beat. I think if there's a strong bench, then... uh, if if we are lacking, then we
2: can we can turn it around. Um, two one Saints.
1: <laughs> it's exactly what I've got, Kev. Uh I've
2: got one one on penalties that Saints are going to win. Uh, Brentford they they look pretty lethargic. I took some highlights from the in the Birmingham game, so took a look at them. Uh, they didn't they lost and they did mm. not look. They looked a little complacent and like I said, a little lethargic. It was kind of a with the shake up at the beginning of the season. Uh, I think that'll only push it, everything into our favor, but uh, Brentford does have some rota- rotations, so they're not they're not going to drop. A, there's not going to be a significant drop off from the way they uh, from the team that they play on normal the day to day in the championship versus what they'll play here for the Carabao Cup. Um, so I'm going to push one one, but Saints have come out in penalties and people will really clamoring for Foster to to start.
1: And then of course next Sunday, Sunday the 20th of September at midday. Matches are piling up already. Um, Spurs are in town. Uh, that's, yeah, at 12 o'clock, as I said, opening fixture versus Everton. They play today at 4.30. Um, I suppose, you know, the biggest talking point of this one will, will of course, be the return of uh, Pierre-Emil to St. Mary's. Um, way, back. way back. yeah. He, he knows the ins and outs, doesn't he, of our system, particularly Ralph's system. That's going to be a huge disadvantage. Um, and they—they've you know, not made a bit a big splash in the transfer window, what that I thought. I mean, they got Joe Hart on a free, which is going to be a backup. Um, and they snapped up that right back from Wolves, Matt Doherty. Um, that's a good signing, I think. Um, and of course, Boyle. how many fullbacks have they won? I know. 2-1 loss at uh, Tottenham Hotspur Stadium and then that 1-0 win at St. Mary's on New Year's Day last season.
2: And the cup games as well, wasn't it? Um, the cup games, yeah. Looking through all my notes here, all it says is fuck them, fuck them, fuck them, fuck them, fuck them, because, <laughs> you know... Um, uh, but... <laughs> <fucking> uh, <Hots. laughs> so, it's with the home, home form, I don't know how much emphasis is he really going to put on it. I don't think he wants to put the onus uh, on his players to say you have to play better at home. I just truly felt that when he... Last season he had the team sit back a little bit, uh, and that's where a uh, few of the different issues came came about from playing at home. Um, he was less aggressive, whereas he was more aggressive playing on the road. And seeing that there's no fans, I think there's less pressure to understand that if it's a if there's home form or, home form or not. Oh, I'm scared. I'm gonna go with a uh, three-one. Uh, Spurs win. Sorry. Ooh.
1: Yes. Um, go on, I'm going to go for a one or draw Right, it's got to happen <laughs> You bastard, I've got 1-1 <laughs> Can I see a 2-2? Yeah, okay, let's do it, I'm going to go
0: 2-2 He's going for
1: the Desmond I'm going for a Desmond, yeah um, Whilst we're on predictions Me and Kev announced our season predictions last week <laughs> him, Live on the pod um, And I'm going to go through yours now Because I don't think Kev had heard them So you predicted Saints to finish 11, uh, And you've got Ings as the top scorer You've gone for your champions, Man City. Your top four, okay, you've gone City, United, Liverpool, what? Chelsea. <laughs> yeah, eyebrows raised over that one. There was, was from me as well, but, yeah, he's gone, he's gone United, second, Liverpool, then Chelsea. Uh, relegated, uh, you've gone West Brom, Palace and Fulham. Uh, and, and Champions League, you've gone Real Madrid. Tim, you come up with this idea of a snake draft for the championship teams. Um, So we all get eight teams picked. Um, And then what I thought we could do is we could add up all the total points for our eight teams and add it to the rest of our predictions for the rest of the season. So we're going to do this draft live right now. Are you ready, guys? Yeah. Um, Okay, Kevin, because you won the predictions last year, I'm going to give you the first pick. I am on the
2: clock. Uh, Brentford. Ray, you're on the clock.
1: I am going to go for Norwich.
2: Tim, you're on the clock. Let's go go with Watford. I'll take Swansea City.
1: I will take Derby County.
2: Uh, Forest. I'm going to take Preston.
1: I will take. I'm going to take Cardiff. Uh, I will take. I'll take Bournemouth then. Ooh, I was going to. I was going to say who's going to take them. Uh, brave it's man.
0: Everyone's been avoiding them so far.
1: <laughs> <Yuck>.
2: <laughs> Down. It's a good value. It's a good. It's a good value at this later in the draft.
1: Yeah, I, I agree. I, I've got the mid 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 draft. I believe. Tim, your fourth pick. Birmingham City. I'm going to take Millwall. Somebody has to. Yeah, I'd rather take Millwall than Bournemouth.
0: That's true, yeah, the same for me. Um, I'm destroy an exit, I'm going for Queen's Park Rangers.
1: Bastard. Burra. Man Man City.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> Barra, okay. Barcelona.
2: <laughs> I'm going to go Stoke. Uh, Blackburn. Good choice. I was going to have them next. Beaten, I'm debating. I'm debating. It's
1: tough now, isn't
2: it? Yeah. It's just like, who's oh, going to go
1: down? Let's go uh let's go with Reading, oh, okay, I'm glad you didn't pick the one that I wanted. I am gonna go where you went reading. I am gonna go Huddersfield.
2: oh okay, um Sheffield Wednesday <laughs> they've got a twelve point deduction uh, Bristol City then.
1: I will take oh my God, what is left? I'm gonna take Barnsley. I'll take
2: Coventry and your last pick let's go with Luton.
1: Yeah, that was probably the best choice. <laughs> I, I'm going to be left with Wickham. Aren't I <laughs> well, I thought you were going to be left with Sheffield Wednesday, to be honest. Um, I'm going to take, hmm, I'm going to take Rotherham.
0: <laughs> oh, I <come> will <on. laughs> um, yeah, I'll, I'll be left with Wickham then. Fine.
1: So you got a, mi- I tell you what, let's let's not give Kev the minus points because that's a little unfair. Um, th-
0: okay, so I just add twelve to whatever the table says. At the end of the yeah,
1: season. indeed. Okay. Fair okay. Much. Cool. Uh, Good job, guys. Well done. Um, And Tim, yeah, thanks for helping us out today with the match. Um, And we will speak to you next week where we will be reporting on both Brentford and Spurs games. Um, And then we will give our predictions for Burnley as well. So, yeah, Tim, thanks for coming on, mate, and we'll speak to you soon.
2: Appreciate it. See you guys next
0: week. Cheers. It's been a a great first week. Up the Saints.
1: (laughs) Up the Saints. (laughs) Hi, I'm Matt LaTissier, and thank you for listening to In That Number. And welcome to the Extra Time segment. Uh, We'll start off with our amazing predictions. So I went for a Mm. 1-0 Saints win, you went for a 1-1, and Tim went for a 1-0 Saints win also. (laughs) Well, there you go then. (laughs) A big fat zero from all of us. It's a fantastic start. Zero points for Saints and zero points for all of us. So, yeah brilliant 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 um super six uh, round one was won by paul carpenter with 14 points so well done paul just um in contrast i picked up four so yeah 14 points for the winner well done uh, and fantasy football kevin
0: <laughs> okay um where do we start um i can see myself in 50th position
1: mm. on yeah.
0: 24 points
1: I think I'm about four behind you.
0: Yeah. You got 24 exactly. points.
1: That's that's poor, isn't it?
0: And it's i not I, too good.
1: I got 22. I think I can I can see a kind of pattern here. I think those people that captain Salah are you know into their 50s and stuff like that. They're right riding high, and the rest of us have just captain. I don't know. I mean, who did you captain, Kevin? Sadio <laughs> Mane. Hey. Why did I spend the same <laughs> amount of money on him? <laughs> Well, I've gone for Timo Werner, who hasn't actually played yet, and he's not going to play till Monday. But I, I, th- yeah, but I mean, he's Brighton away; they've got Chelsea. But looking at my team, actually, I, I think I, I've done crap. But I thought, okay, well, I've still got a few players to play. In fact, I haven't. I've only got two left to play, and they both play on Monday night. So it's not a very good start. Even if Timo Werner comes out and and, and does well, he's going to need to get a hat trick for me to be in, in the top, you know, top twenty, really. No,
0: I think there's going to have to be some. Um Serious tinkering done to this team. Although uh, Tim's big business is only just slightly ahead of us on 32 points. Yeah, looking up the table, it's um, well done to Matt Markstone. Uh, His team is called uh, (laughs) Mitrovic.
1: Yes, I saw that.
0: At 61 points. Um, But, yeah, top top of the food chain is Kurt Supple's Tampa Saints.
1: Yeah, what a fantastic start he's had. Well done, Kurt. He, he, yeah. he let everybody know on the discord <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah and um, yeah, he's also got Timo Werner so yeah, even if he does score a hat-trick um, but, yeah, um, he's going to be tearing away so yeah well done uh, a very very good start
1: he does have Timo Werner as well he's got uh, Callum Wilson I see picked up eight points I got Callum Wilson that's annoying mm. because I got Callum Wilson I got Ward Prowse and I got Walker Peters all the same that he got but yeah it's just that Salah Oh LaSalle's at the back picked up quite a few points
0: as well so mm. yeah
1: yeah, very 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 good start, uh Kat. well done.
0: Yeah, congrats. Russian phrase then. So n Nachets
1: Chistovalista. Oh holy fuck. Nachats Chistovalista. Nachatschovalista.
2: Nachatschistovalista.
1: Ah and that means
2: yeah.
0: fresh start. To, to make a fresh start. Literally to to start with a, a blank page. Okay. So yeah, that's what we'll be doing next week although that does seem to sound like it's going to be a no no draw, right? <laughs> Yeah,
1: yeah. Um, a massive thank you to Tim for his thoughts today uh, and a very, yeah. very special shout out to uh, Saints News Now on Instagram, um, who has done so much for us behind the scenes during this off-season, so if you don't follow him on Instagram, do it now!
0: His, yeah. work.
1: his work is fantastic.
0: Yeah, thank you, mate. Yes, it's uh, definitely, definitely worth a look and a
1: like. Yes, a busy one next week, Kevin. Uh, we have Brentford yeah. and Spurs to discuss, along with our away end. And we have a Burnley fan coming on. So, yeah, until then, up the saints.
0: Up the saints. I'm going to give you to the count of ten to get your ugly, yellow, no-good keister off my property before I pump your guts full of lead. Keep the change, you filthy animal. Podcast Network.